Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. How are you? Now, the day this comes out, very exciting. It's my birthday. 36, 36 years old. It's March 15th, E2 Brute, the day that Julius Caesar died and the day that I was born. And if that isn't like when one door closes, another door opens, (laughs) I don't know what is, okay? You know, the king of the Roman Empire, Julius Caesar, was he the king? He was important, died, and then she was birthed. So beware the Ides of March a.k.a. your girl's coming over and she's going to eat you out of house and home. So don't leave out a charcuterie board because you know what? Mama likes to snack. But it's great. I'm feeling good. You know, I'm going into my 36th year and I'm feeling good. And I am always one of those people I procrastinate up into my, you know, my birthday. I'm like a week out. Okay, I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to hit the sun. I'm going to do some sort of like barbaric lifestyle change at the drop of a hat a week before my birthday. Like I'm going to start this new year a totally changed person by doing cold plunges and juicing. It's not happening. I do a 30 second cold blast of the shower and it has really helped my central nervous system. So shout out to Wim Hof, that crazy fucker. But what else? I, you know, I just feel good going into my 36 year, but I will say I have, you know, Jeff and I, he picked me up from the airport yesterday. We did our usual routine. He picks me up. We go to Houston's. We split a little, uh, you know, yellowtail sashimi and a burger. I got a margarita. He had an iced tea. And I said, you know, is this the year that we expand our family? And we both said, we got a couple more things we got to do before, you know, my my pussy's ripped ripped to shreds. So I was thinking, I got to start making that list. And I'm not saying once you have kids, you can't do stuff. I'm not saying that. But I know that the the clock is ticking for me. I'm at least going to have to do another round of IVF to get some more embryos this year. So I know that there are things on the calendar, the schedule, if you will, because I know I'm not getting younger. And if I want to be a mommy and I want to do all those things, you know, I got to get on it. But I'm also in a weird part in my career where I'm on the road. I'm trying to get TV shows made and write movies. And you can do all those things because women can do it all. But I'm saying to really, you know, be the be the you today you want to be tomorrow. I should make a list of the things that I want to do. One thing that I want to do, I'd love to go freaking paragliding, not parasailing. Don't dangle my toes over the ocean. 
You ever been to the islands and seen the guys who are running the parasailing boat? Always high as a kite, drunk, methamphetamines. And I'm not saying that they're not a good time. They're actually a great time. They'll give you three, you know, eight rum runners and then send your ass into orbit. I'm not saying that's not a great time. But I, I feel like the guys who are the paragliding, you know, instructors are strapped to you. They've got more to lose. You know what I mean? You can be driving the boat. You get attacked by a, a pack of seagulls. They're not paying attention because they're blasting music, drinking rum themselves as they do 180s in the ocean. You're dead. You know what I mean? Bird took you out. But if you're paragliding, that person's strapped to you. So if you guys, you know, lose your way, you're both going to run into the side of a condominium building together. And that's why I just feel like paragliding is really more on the top of my list. No desire to go bungee jumping. Maybe skydiving. I don't know. Paragl- I'm writing this down. Paragliding. What else would I like to do? Love to do safari. Would love to go on safari. And I know I'm getting a lot of eye rolls right now. The mommies out there like, you can do it all. You can't take your kids on safari. You know, if I had a kid tomorrow, they wouldn't be old enough to safari for another 10 years. The earth isn't going to exist. Africa's currently splitting in half. So if I'm going to safari, I got to do it on my dime now. You know what I mean? It's already expensive. You can't take a four-year-old on safari. That kid has a temper tantrum. We're all mauled by hyenas. I'm already dealing with Jeff, who has a sour attitude 80% of the day. You know, what if we're out in the, in the Land Rover? He chokes on a chip. That causes too much dis- disruption to the animal kingdom. I'm not paying attention. I'm over there giving him the Heimlich. Next thing you know, you know, I got a wild rhino up my ass. I'm gone. So maybe actually, maybe maybe we shouldn't go on safari. Okay, well, something else I'd like to do. To perform at the Moulin Rouge. I don't know. Loved the movie, loved the musical. I'd like to do something like that. Have a burlesque moment a la Dita Von Teese. Okay, Moulin Rouge. I don't want to just go. I want to perform. I'm going to let my long titties shake at the Moulin Rouge. What else do I want to do it before? <laughs> before I get too old it's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. There's a lot of things I still have left to bitch about. And I know, I, you know, I'm, I'm all about having an attitude of gratitude. Y'all know I've really turned a corner with the joy in my heart. But uh, I'll tell you what, there's a couple things that have ticked me off recently. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about the joyful things. I had two incredible shows this weekend, and I went to three states I've never been to. Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Just drove through New Hampshire. But what it, guys, New England, fun. I've, of course, been to Connecticut and Massachusetts. Hello, <laughs> go Celtics. But I, wow, I had a blast. Portland, Maine. Anybody from Portland, Maine? If you, okay, if you've never been to Portland, Maine, it's as Mainey as it fucking gets. I want you to close your eyes and envision Maine. And then open your eyes. That's exactly what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Lobsters, flannel. Everyone's on marijuana, a lot of boat shoes, down jackets from L.L. Bean, you know, farm to table, but also not bison. What else? Microbreweries. Everybody with the high gravity micro bongs and microbreweries. Love that weed was legal. Had a great time. But great food, 
real foodie scene in Portland, Maine. Everyone was so nice. And y'all, we went out to the L.L. Bean headquarters, which was out in Freeport, I think it was. They rolled out the red carpet. I've got a down jacket, but let me tell you something. Those L.L. Bean down vests should come with the warning. You'll shock the shit out of yourself. I don't know if it's because they're so warm and yummy and cozy. They just... Like, you're just electric, but I was shocking myself every three seconds in that fucking down jacket. And I loved it. I loved it. But we tore up the L.L. Bean. Talk about hospitality. Tore that bitch up. Got my L.L. Bean. It says, absolutely not. You were iconic. If you grew up with an L.L. Bean tote, you were a better person. And I'll tell you what, something that was very triggering for me was being back in the L.L. Bean store and there was an iconic red L.L. Bean book bag and my friend Anne Marie had it and I had the knockoff one. My mom would never buy me the name brand. And I remember every summer Annie would get a new, she had a new monogram book bag from L.L. Bean and I would sit with her and we'd open the catalog and she'd pick out new like bubble letters and I'd go home to my mom who was cheap as hell. And I'd say, mom, Annie got a book back. Can I get a matching one? Maybe I'll get mine in purple. And my mom's like, no, Heather, I'm getting you whatever's a TJ Maxx. And then I would cry. You know, I've told you this before, but I I was never even allowed to have Crayola crayons. It was rose art all the way. That shit was so waxy. You could wrap a ham sandwich in it. You know what I'm saying? So I never had the name brand. I was so jealous of the kids that had the kids that you could wipe off. I had the canvas kids. My mom's like, throw it in the wash. Throw the kids in the wash. So my mine were just like brown, just stained canvas kids. And everybody else had the leather ones. And Robin was cheap. You know what I mean? She's like, ah, oh, come on. The $20 is off. And Ross for less. So being in the LLB in store, I almost got a book bag. Instead, I got a boat and tote. But I wanted that. That book bag reminded me of like, how I mean, I knew I had a great mom, but I knew everybody else's moms were just a little more elevated because they had an L.L. Bean book bag. You know what I mean? I was more of a Jan Sport girly. If you had an L.L. Bean monogram book bag, kindergarten through fifth grade, wow. Wow. Talk about a love language. You know I take it every day on the road and every day at home. I'm talking about that AG1, that Athletic Greens. Listen, I've ordered enough of this stuff that I have a two-year supply I'm not even kidding you. I have an entire pantry full of AG1 because that's how much I rely on it and need on it because it's friggin' great. A, it's delicious, and B, it's just feels like I'm starting my day off on the right foot. If you don't know what AG1 is, it's awesome. In one scoop of AG1, it has more than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients packed into one scoop of delicious AG1, which is of the highest quality that gives me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. It's delivered to my door every month. It's been so super easy to make it a daily habit. Honestly, if you're lazy, AG1 is even for you. It's one scoop. You don't have to go through the medicine cabinet or buy 75 different vitamins, minerals, and supplements. All you got to do, it's all there. One scoop in water or juice in the morning. I take it down. It tastes delicious. A little apple note, a little green note, a little lemony note. It's refreshing. You can even throw it in a freaking smoothie. Take that on an empty stomach. That's what I do. Then I have my little breakfast and my coffee, and I'm good to go. Keeps you regular. Keeps your immune system up. It's freaking great. And if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens or AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash absolutely. That's athleticgreens.com slash absolutely at checkout. Again, I love AG1. You're going to love it too. You know, 
Finish this sentence in your mind. You deserve a sex life that is what? What comes to mind? Don't be afraid to say it. Okay, it's just me and you driving around in the car while we're doing this podcast. Because whatever you think it is that you deserve, that we know you deserve, Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. Dipsy is an app full of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. And you know what we love? Things that are designed by women for women. Because it's a man's world out there, but you know what? We're taking the power back by having a little sexy story for ourselves. Dipsy brings scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes, realistic characters, and you can discover stories stories about second chance romances, adventures, vacation flings, and hot and steamy heavy hookups. What I love is that it's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of the stories are voice acted by people of color. We love to see it. We love inclusivity. We love that everybody's getting sexy with Dipsy. Listen, let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or relax and unwind, or hell, heat up things with a partner. Also, they have new content that's released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And hey, if you're not feeling sexy, but you're feeling a little sleepy, they also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you can also read. I love the sleep stories sometimes. I'm going down for a midday nap, hit a little sleep story. It's almost like a form of meditation. I'm able to take the day off, rest my mind, and relax. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash absolutely. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash absolutely. Dipsystories.com slash absolutely. Anywho, had a great time in Maine. It's very Maine-y. Maine is Maine-y. You know, it's just had great food, great people. Show was a blast. We'll say shout out to Kara, a woman on the second row. Fell asleep seven minutes into the show. Out like a light. So I had her friend. I said, you know, I whispered in front of a thousand people at the show. I'm like, what's your friend's name? And then we all went on the, on the count of three, one, two, three, wake up. <laughs> wake up, Kara. And she just fucking you know, popped up like a dead corpse where she was revitalized. I asked her how she was doing. She said it had been a long week and then went right back to bed. And I basically said, that's the most badass bawling. I don't give a fuck. Didn't really want to be here moment of my life. And that was iconic. And I said, you know what? I wish we all could have the same enthusiasm as Kara. She was asleep the whole show. And then about 45 minutes in, I hit a real strong punchline. She perked back up. She was back out. You know what I mean? And that's, honestly, I fuck with that kind of energy. If you come in so dialed in that you really don't give a fuck, and you're like, I took two Trazodone and had a bottle of white wine before this comedy show, and I'm just here to get away from my kids, guess what? Be my guest. Bring a fucking sleeping bag. I don't even care at this point. But she was great. Gave me great energy. Then we drove through. We did a scenic highway route through. Was it Rhode Island? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I don't know where the fuck we are. New England's confusing. One minute you're in, you know, Massachusetts. And everyone's like, oh, I, I thought we were in Canada the whole fucking time. I was very confused. But we took the scenic drive down through New Hampshire, saw the ski towns, and then we roll up to Vermont. And if Vermont isn't the most, Portland, Maine was so fucking cool. And everyone was like, oh, Heather, you're going to love Burlington even more. I'll say this, Burlington was cool, but Vermont was even more Vermont than Maine was Maine. Do you know what I mean? Vermont, everything was birch, like a, like a light oak, a light white birch, flannel. They had flannel factories everywhere. 
granola. I had a man as we were getting into our elevator in the hotel. Just, just, just rip one. Didn't care. Loose, loose flatulence, loose control of our bodies. Cause when you're out there with nature, when you're out there wearing your hoka, you know, or your, your Merrill sandals and you, you know, you're making your own granola, fart in the wind, you're throwing caution to the wind. But I got in the elevator and this man saw I was coming up behind him and he was just like, what's up? Didn't care. You know what I mean? So a lot real free spirits in Vermont. Show is incredible. We had a great time. Never been to Vermont. We'll be back. And I hope I get farted on a little bit more because that was such a, oh, <laughs> we really don't give a fuck. It was great. It was fantastic. So we'll say, we'll say right now. Okay. It's something I got a bitch about though. So we're in Maine and I love that everything's sustainable. You know, you're up there. You think I sustainable fishing. I mean, it's a good quality of life. But I went to this one coffee shop and I liked the coffee so much that I bought espresso from them. But I walk in the first morning and they're like, do you have a, a cup? And I said, I, don't, I didn't bring a cup. I'm so sorry. I'm from out of town. Didn't bring my mug with me. You know, my glitter suits for my comedy show are heavy. So I got to had to leave the cup at home. And they were like, that's fine. We're going to charge you for a cup. I said, not a problem. It's to go. And of course, they give you some compostable, you know, it's made out of like half a napkin and and a piece of a pine wood. And, it, you know, your hands basically just fucking melting. The skin is raw. It is completely coming off because you can barely hold this coffee cup in your hand. She charged me for it. I'm like, whatever, we're Gucci. I go back the next day for coffee. And she and I had to do the same conversation, the same little bit over again. And I go in there and she's like, hey, um, so this be to go. And I said, yes. She said, did you bring your own mug? And I said, hey, I'm so sorry. We met yesterday. She's like, oh, yeah. So you didn't bring a mug. And I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I did not bring, I did not bring my mug. And she just kind of paused and she went, we're going to charge you. And I said, that's fine. $1.25, my contribution to whatever kind of philanthropy, you know, you want to donate to whatever that's for. Maybe it's for the beavers, the main beavers. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, take my money. I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. I did not go out and purchase a Yeti cup to be able to get this coffee to go. And she just was like, well, <laughs> we're going to charge you. And then we both kind of paused and looked at each other in the eyes. And then I said, okay, here's my American Express. And then I got out and then I turned the cup around and it was had this whole fucking manifesto about why you should bring your own cup. And I just felt like an asshole. So while I started off strong in Maine, I left feeling like a piece of shit. And I didn't know. So I just want to warn everybody, if you go to Maine, bring your own utensils, bring your own mugs, your own thermos, recycle the, 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 the floss. You know what I mean? Just come in fully loaded, ready to go a bamboo toothbrush, just be aware. And I love that this woman was calling me out on the fact that I'm an absolute piece of shit and did not bring my own mug on the road with me. But I just felt like she didn't have to double down the second day. All right, side note though, we got to talk about something. I went to go get coffee by our office here in Atlanta today. I want you to see, zoom in on that. That is not the proper color of coffee for me, okay? This is it. This is a milkshake. This is a milkshake. I went to this place right down the street from our office and I just said, when did we get this entitled? And maybe it's entitlement on my part. I don't know. I go to this coffee shop down the street from our office. I'm like, I'm going to pop in, get a quick cappuccino to go. Easy breezy. Get Christina something. I'm rolling down to the office before I film this. 
two guys working in this hipster coffee shop and it's already like the energy. As soon as I walked in, I said, this energy feels off. This energy is weird. And I walk in and the guy's like, I said, hey, can I get an almond milk cappuccino? Ooh, sorry, we only got oat milk and whole. Whole seems aggressive. Now, when you're in Italy, you're getting a whole milk cappuccino. But even places, they have they have an alternative, you know, dairy-free option. And I said, we only have whole? And he goes, we also got oat. Well, I can't fuck with the oat. I don't know if you know it's an oat milk, but a rapeseed oil. I, guess what? Don't even need to do any further investigation to know that rapeseed oil seems sus. You know what I mean? Seems real sus. I can't live my life on the edge like that. So I'm like, so my two options are whole milk and get rapey, rapey vibes. So I don't want to do that. So I then say, all right, just give me a whole milk cappuccino on ice. It's not going to be that much milk. The guy goes, now mean, meanwhile, both of these guys are dressed from Mad Max, like they're steampunking. The pants are a little too high-waisted. They're trying to do Harry Styles meets, you know, a Burning Man look, but I'm like, it's it's 30 degrees on March 13th in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, you know what I mean? I know, I know we're leaning into the Peaky Blinders, but they somehow ended up in the desert listening to Diplo. I, it just, the vibes, everything about it was, it was trying too hard. So then the guy's like, oh, by the way, got to re- recalibrate the machine. It's going to be about 15 minutes. And I looked at him and I just said, that's fine. I'll wait. I'll wait. I was like, I'm going to be the patient one here. That's fine. I'm already pissed. I mean, also, when did we, when did it just become, we're only allowed to have oat, oat or whole? Didn't almond milk become before the oat? I mean, they're making milk out of fucking everything now, but you can't also have an almond alternative on the side. I mean, for fuck's sake. So then I'm standing there. I'm not even kidding you. 22 and a half minutes, 22 and a half minutes. And I have one of the fancy machines at home. I should have brought my own coffee. I should have just done it, but I wanted to stop in, support a local business. This guy's, I got to recalibrate the machine. I know what that entails. You got to refill it with beans. You got to re weigh everything. And I was just like, this is insane. I felt like that scene from Love Actually. You know where Mr. Bean is, is um, what's his name, from Harry Potter is getting the gift for his mistress. And Mr. Bean is wrapping the gift. You know, remember when he takes the rosemary? You know, he's wrapping the gift and the guy's like, can you hurry up? Can you hurry up? And he's literally taking the rosemary and rubbing it and like sprinkling it all over the, the fancy gift wrap. And then he does like essential lavender oil. That's what it was. And I'm like, Put the beans in, grind them, sit some hot water over that bitch, give me a splash of hole, and let's roll. And then this is what I got. This is whole milk. I should have gone to Sonic, gotten a side of tots and a cookies and cream milkshake. I would have had a better chance of going to McDonald's and the McFlurry machine actually being in service. This was $45 for a, it's just whole milk, Half a shot of espresso took 22 minutes to make. And I had to get attitude from a man named Sparrow who looked like he had been at Burning Man. And I didn't appreciate that attitude. So yeah, it may be my birthday and I may be 36, but at least let a bitch, you're telling me you don't have some almond silk in the back for, you know, a, a younger millennial who will shit themselves that they get even close to an oat milk? And whole milk, you might as well call the hospital and tell them I'm coming. I'm going to be bleeding out of my colon in about 30 minutes. And you know what? I let these little shits 
I let them bully me. I should have gotten a black iced coffee, could have gotten my own milk here at the office. I didn't. I walked out. And then he said, he said, whole milk latte. And I said, I, I ordered a cappuccino. And that man looked at me. And he took his little handlebar mustache and he rubbed it. And then I'm pretty sure he put a curse on me. He was like, and I was like, what was that? And he was like, enjoy your latte. And I said, that man just put a curse on me. That man is a Wiccan and he just put a curse on me. And his name was Sparrow. You know, when I want a day out with the gals, or maybe I'm going out with the guys, what's a great place to meet up? I'm talking about Top Golf. Whether you're good at golf or not, or if you've ever played, you could be a novice. It doesn't matter. Whether you've ever even picked up a club, Top Golf is a fun, supportive place to hang out with your friends. One, it's chic. The aesthetics are mwah, chef's kiss. Two, it's fantastic. You can play golf there any time of the year. All right, whether it's in the dead of winter, they have heated bays, so you're warm and cozy, or in the summer, you're under that fresh, cool, crisp air. We love it. Listen, have a little food and bev while you're there. The only place you can play around and then order another, or hit a slice and then grab a slice. You know what I judge places on their food and their bev? And Top Golf is top shelf, and that's what we're here for. Also, it's comfortable. It's fun. It's fun for everybody. And they've got everything. They have a bunch of stuff that makes you golf. They got clubs, balls, tees, turf, a ball picker upper cart thingy. And they've also got a whole bunch of stuff that's not golf. Great loud music, giant targets in their giant fairway, giant TVs, and handcrafted food and beverage menus. So say if you want to come, maybe you don't even feel like playing golf, but you want to watch a game, go out on a Saturday, everybody hang out, have some fun. And it's better than just sitting on your couch with your dumb friends. Why not be out in nature having a good time? I love Top Golf. It's fun for everybody, fun for the fam, fun for your friends, and I've never had a bad time there. Listen, it's golf, it's not golf, it's Top Golf. Download the app, book a bay, and come play around. I mean, he could have had the, the the Mad Max goggles. This was steampunk meets Peaky Blinders meets Burning Man meets, you know, Never really had a great relationship with my stepdad. That's what the vibe was. And there were two of them, two dudes, straight dudes, giving me a lot of attitude. And I just felt like when I asked them, do you have almond milk? They acted like I asked them to pull out their dicks and chop them off. It was insane. So you know what? I'm pissed. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. I just, I just had so much attitude at this coffee shop. I had attitude at the coffee shop in Maine. And I'm such a pushover. I didn't even want this fucking drink. And I still such a pushover that I took it. I should have said, this isn't what I ordered. But I said, I've now waited three and a half days for you to recalibrate the machine. And I know they did it because I asked for almond. I know they did it. They didn't care. They did that specifically because I came in here and ruffled some feathers. And they're like, okay, bitch, I'm not doing rapeseed oil. I don't, what is rapeseed? Is rapeseed, I don't even know what that is, but it's not good for you. Oat milk's not good for you. So I'm letting y'all know. It's like drinking down a loaf of bread. You know, my blood sugar's already spiked. I've had three bagels today. Lay off me. Anyways, what else is going on? Had just had a great, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling good going into 36. I'm exhausted. Macaroni, my sweet angel. We call her little Miss Six, like, you know, January 6th. 
She's my little miss insurrectionist. She gets up at, I'd say she's at like a DEFCON 5 level of domestic terrorism. She gets up at 6 a.m. I take her out. She will sometimes come back to bed for like 15 minutes, but then I can't go back to bed. Once I'm up and my nips have gotten hard because I went outside to let her out, I can't then just fall back asleep. And then she'll, she'll curl back up in your arms for about three minutes and then just full throttle come at you, you know, nipping, just getting it. She just pounces on rigs. Jeff's like, oh my God, what are you doing, little girl? <laughs> he tries to talk to her like in a rational conversation. He's like, little girl, you're nipping on my toes, little girl. So I call her Little Miss Six for a little January 6th because that she bitch would have stormed the Capitol. I don't know what Macaroni's political affiliation is yet. I hope I'm going to raise her right. I don't know what who she's voting for. She's too young right now. But she comes at you like a, a bitch who's been sitting in her mom's basement with tinfoil on her head. She comes at you out of nowhere and just, you know, takes the little puppy fangs to the back of your neck. And you're like, fuck. Riggs is over at... So then I'm up. I'm up with baby girl. She, it's 6.15. She and I are looking at each other in the kitchen like, I don't even know what to do with myself. So I'm not sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm at that phase. That's why the, the young guys in the coffee shop should have seen me tired, tired French bulldog mother. And I know this too shall pass, but I'm exhausted. I, I don't know how. And that's why I say when people are like, have a kid, have a kid. I'm exhausted. Can I be honest with you? The hardest day of tour is Sunday coming home. You'd think, oh, the weekend's done. But like you're running on adrenaline on show days. And then the day you have to come home, I had to catch two flights yesterday to get back from Vermont. Vermont's in the middle of nowhere. Great place. Love it. We'll be back. But it's a bitch to get home to. So I have to fly back through LaGuardia, which is, you know, now new and improved and updated. And we love it. But, uh, you know, I, you get up at eight. You're at the, on the first flight at 10. Then you don't land to like 530. I mean, your day's shot. Jeff took me to Houston's, our local jaunt. I had a burger, a little sashimi, and a margarita. I was asleep by eight. And then I rewoke up. I had to do the sex with Jeff. So I'm, you know, and th- there's nothing worse when you wake up from a nap. You know what I mean? And it's nighttime and you're like, oh, I'm fucked. And then I got fucked. And I did, you know, I had to sometimes you had to do what you gotta do. You know, we were watching 1923 and that a little bit of a little bit of a foreplay, if you know what I'm saying. Very hot show. So then I did that. And I've told you this before. Sex energizes me. I prefer morning sex because then I get a boost. It doesn't knock me out. If you have sex at night, I'm up TikTok until 4 a.m. But I fell back asleep. I was sweaty, disgruntled. And then I woke up at 6 and I've been up. Zip, zap, zopping. And I'm ready to pick a fight with anybody. I shouldn't. Attitude of gratitude. I'm 36 now. But I'm, I'm ready to fuck. Throw some bows. So that's where I'm at. But let's hit the hotline. See what you guys are up to. You know, what have I learned? I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, wow, maybe they did put something in this. Fuck. Maybe my boy's at the shop. Maybe Sparrow in Redwood. I will shit myself in 10 minutes. Absolutely. It will be a crime scene because there's so much dairy in this. I can't do it. But in Italy, you know, I drink that whole milk cappuccino, but it's a bop. You know what I mean? If you ask for an iced cappuccino in Italy, they basically tell you, go fangulo, go fuck yourself. Also, Side note, the guys, listen, ladies, if you're single, you need to get your ass up to Maine. The guys, sleeve tats, beanies, everyone was ripped because they're out catching lobster all day or hiking. That's the thing that you do have to be a little active, which actually, no, fuck that. Hang out in town at a nice wine bar. But the guys were cute. I didn't see 
I didn't see a man I wouldn't have let tickle me, at least. You know what I mean? You know, I didn't have to do anything crazy, but I'd let him tickle me. So take that for what what you will. Use that in any way you want. The tickle factor in Maine, it's high. It's high. They're all also high because, again, like I said, weed is legal, but tickle factor's high. Anyways, hey, want to let you know, coming to Denver this weekend, shows are going to be sold out, but we still have a couple tickets left. Go to heatherontour.com. I've got two shows at the Paramount Theater in Denver. I'm so excited to be partying and celebrating St. Patrick's Day and my birthday week in Denver. It's going to be fucking amazing. Also another great place to find men in Denver. Fuck yeah. Let's go doggy. But anyways, let's get to the voicemails. Let's rip into them. As always, you can call into the hotline 800-213-7503. Let's roll. Ladies and gentlemen, this is brought to you by my favorite popcorn, Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. Mm, you know what I'm chewing on right now? A delicious bag of Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. I got that sea salt popcorn right now. When you want something that tastes buttery, salty, delicious, really hits that craveable moment, it's Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. And hey, this bag only has 40 calories per cup. I feel great. I can wolf down multiple cups. It's a light, airy, refreshing. And Angie's Boom Chicka Pop is one of, to me, the best products out there because it's friggin' delicious. Also, I love that it's 100% whole grain popcorn, kosher, vegan, certified G-free. That's the gluten-free. You know, I live that lifestyle. And non-GMO verified. We love it. Listen, I did my first commercial ever for Angie's Boom Chicka Pop, and I've stayed with the company because I think they're fantastic. I love popcorn. I'm a popcorn kind of gal. I think it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite snacks. Angie's a great gal. I met her. She's absolutely freaking fantastic. And uh, you know what? Why not have something that's freaking delicious that you don't feel guilty about? 40 calories per cup doesn't get better than that. They also have a kettle corn flavor that is perfect, sweet and salty. It's fantastic. I love Angie's Boom Chicka Pop and you can try Angie's Boom Chicka Pop for yourself by visiting www.boomchickapop.com. That's B-O-O-M-C-H-I-C-K-A-P-O-P.com. Angie's Boom Chicka Pop at boomchickapop.com. Boom, boom, boom. This is Laura from Kansas City, um, and I'm going to give a big absolutely not to the crazy lady who was on the other side of my hotel room and adjoining uh, door in between us in Boca Verton, Florida, who tried to break into my room at 2 o'clock in the morning while I was there on a work trip. Very since a very nice hotel, was literally crazy, saying she was going to come over and try to kill me, trying to break into my adjoining uh the joining door of our hotel room. So absolutely not to the people of Florida or just keeping it classy. Love and light. Hopefully you don't have any crazy hotel room stories from all your adventures, but absolutely not to adjoining room hotels. We don't know who is uh, next to you on the other side. Love you a lot. Can't wait to see you when you're in Kansas City. You know, it's interesting you should say that because I was thinking about that the other day. It is pretty creepy, the adjoining room. You had that for families, right? Maybe just put every, then don't put me on a family. You know what I mean? I I get creeped out. Even if you're at like a very nice five-star hotel, there's always a room that's got the adjoining and it's creepy and it's, you can hear them. You know what I mean? But having a woman try and bust through that shared wall is the most Florida thing I've ever heard. Like I was in Maine and Maine really leaned into what I thought Maine was going to be. But Florida Having a woman on bath salts try and get into your room while you're on a work convention, 
because you, you know, sell health insurance is the most Florida thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. That is Florida. When I think, like, I bet if you went into TripAdvisor and you just look, best hotel in Florida, doesn't matter where it is. It's one of them's gonna be like, loved the place, had a great view of the ocean, pool was mm, chef's kiss fantastic, but a woman did try and break in my room because she was on methamphetamines. Like, that's just Florida. I feel like that's par for the course. You know what I mean? That's, listen, if you stay at a hotel in Myrtle Beach and you don't come home with bed bugs, you didn't do it right. If you didn't go to Florida and check into a five-star hotel and somebody didn't try and break in through the uh, the shared wall, the adjoining room wall, come on. <laughs> I didn't get my money's worth. Fuck the continental breakfast. You know what I mean? I need to work on my Krav Maga. I mean, that is scary as a single woman. That is scary. But it, you said it was another woman, you know, trying to get in. You know, that's Florida. She's upset. Ron DeSantis said something this week that probably ticked her off. Somebody got a hold of the wrong stuff. You know, maybe she was so jazzed about the don't say gay bill that she just felt like she had to get in there. I don't know. I don't know. Florida's jarring. I don't know when the last time you went to Key West was, but you sneeze while you're going over the bridge. That's it. We'll see ya. Your face is going to be mauled by alligators. You know, you're not going to be at Margaritaville. You're going to be in the seventh layer of hell. I love Key West, so shout out to Hemingway. Love a daiquiri. Love a Hemingway daiquiri. Chef's kiss. But yeah, that's, that's got to be scary. I'm in so many hotels. I'm trying to think anything crazy. You know, remember when I was in Toronto last year and that, that couple... There was a man with, I would say, two, you know, two ladies of the night, if you will. And they were really putting on the uh, the dramatics. I mean, Oscar-worthy performance. But it was an older gentleman who was in the room adjacent to me. And it was just, you know what I mean? Like, a, it was animal noises. There, You could tell there were two people. There was some sort of Eiffel Tower thing happening. And they got their money. This gentleman got his money money's worth. So I hear a lot of sex in the night when I stay at hotels. You know, I did tell you that in Maine, a man farted. Uh, was that Vermont? I can't, Vermont. I had a man fart in the elevator. Kind of sensible things like that. I had a woman break into my my dressing room recently, which I told you all about. And she said, I found you. Other than that, though, knock on wood, I've had pretty great experiences. You know, I love that when you're in a hotel and you're laying down, you're working. You know what I mean? Maybe you're scrolling on TikTok and you can hear some sex going on next door. And you're like, you know, I'll bang on the wall. Let's go. Let's go, Daryl. I will. I'll try and be as encouraging as possible. But this sounds like Florida. I mean, they should, they should warn you when you come in, when you check in. I don't care if you're in Boca Raton. I don't care if you're in West Palm. I don't care if you're in Sarasota. They should say, hey, just want to let you know, someone might try something crazy through the adjoining door. They may try and, and break in. And you go, yeah, I know. It's Florida. And I know people shit on Florida all the time. I actually thrive in Florida. There's an energy. There's like, I don't know what you're on. You don't know what I'm on. You don't know where I'm trying to go. And I don't know if you're originally from here. So it's constantly like you're running around, you're, you're sizing people up, and then you are also simultaneously asking people, hey, where are the outlet malls? If you've never been driving down 85 on your way to Jacksonville and stopped at, the outlet malls, you're not American. 
And it's a lawless place. Florida is a lawless place in the sense that what is the corridor? It's some sort of high. I think, is it 85, 95, 75? People go 100. It's the Autobahn. People are going 110 miles an hour on this fucking highway, going from Naples out to the outlet malls and back. You know, it's three o'clock. They got to get out there. They got to hit the J. Crew factory store and get back before happy hour. I get it. I'm team Florida. You know, being up in Vermont and Maine this the, in the dead ass March, I'm a spring break baby. And I was up there freezing my tits off. I'm going to Denver this weekend. We'll equally be freezing my tits off. It's supposed to snow. I get why people go to Florida. I understand feeling the, the sweet kiss of the Lord. AK vitamin D on your cheeks puts you in a good mood. It'll also, when you, you can overextend yourself with vitamin D to the point where next thing you know, you're at a Holiday Inn Express off the highway in Sarasota and you're trying to break into your neighbor's room because you're just so filled with the joy of the Lord. I get it. You know what I mean? I can't ever say I've made a rational decision in Florida. Haven't? Have you? But I understand why people move there. I get the snowbirds. I get it. It's warm. Taxes are low. The people are insane. The beaches are fresh. You know what I mean? The tuna is caught. The boats are out on the ocean. You know what I mean? Being in Maine, you see these fishermen come in. I'm like, it was 14 degrees. What are you doing? You send my ass on a catamaran outside of Key West, I'll come back with, you know, a couple people escaping Haiti and some grouper. And we're all going to have a good time. You take me to a little beachside bar. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, we're all just jealous of Floridians. Real goal, I'm trying to do comedy for another five years, retire, and then have a shrimp shack somewhere off the Keys. Key Biscayne, right next to the Ritz-Carlton. Great property. So I get it. This woman, you know, she, you said she was trying to attack you, but maybe she was just looking for a hug. Politically, there's a lot going on in Florida. Maybe she was just trying to get revved up for the 2024 election. God, you know, this Florida's going to be insufferable in about nine months. It's all going to be, it's all going to be insufferable, all of it. Not just Florida, all of it. All of it's going to be insufferable in nine months. This is another thing. I'm turning 36. We got to get it in in the next year because then it's going to be another election year. And, you know, every election year turns everybody into a freaking asshole. Doesn't matter which side you're on. Everyone is going to suck. In the next nine months, buckle up because everybody's going to start doing the this. And we're all looking for hope and change, but we're all going to end up with assholes. Doesn't matter. Gird your loins, gird your labias, start buying the street drugs now. and putting them in the cooler because that's the only thing that's going to get us through 2024 and you know it. Let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, Heather. I'm going to talk extra loud because I am driving. I'm so sorry. I'm Sophia from Cincinnati. I go to Ohio State in Columbus. That's TMI, to be honest. Anywho, my absolutely yes is to myself. I'm about to graduate college and I'm living my life. And yesterday I went on a date and got a full dinner paid for. Didn't finish my pita bread, but I put the rest of my purse to go out. And then I went out and I didn't make out at the bar like I typically do. But this guy and his friends 
um, came back to my house with me and my friend, and I made out with him. And he's blue eyes, black hair, sexiest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely yes to me living my life and living my truth and just dating around. I love you. You are my idol. You are my mother, my birth mother. I love you so much. Love and light. Toodaloo. Wow. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. I'm her birth mother. So <clears throat> wanted to actually address that um, because the, <laughs> the years would add up. It would check out. I did have a daughter years ago. She's, you know, 20 in college. I was 16 when it happened. So, sweetie, go ahead and c- call me. Okay, let's meet up. I'm not coming to Ohio, but you can meet me in Key West. But listen, I love this. You know, we need to have a little positivity because so there's so many people who call in, which is like horrific dating stories. But I loved this energy. You're graduating college. You went on a date. You were fed well. You took the extra pita, wrapped that shit up so you had something to munch on. And possibly choke on leaving the bar later. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse when you leave a college bar and the pizza place isn't open or the line's too long or you're too fucked up. You open that YSL bag, that knockoff that you bought on DHL gate or whatever, DH gate or an Amazon dupe, and you open that purse and you've got a, I'm sorry, a a little piece of tinfoil with some pita in it. Nothing better. Nothing fucking better than a to-go meze platter in the purse. Honestly, if we were really thinking smart, I would have thrown in. If I was really thinking smart in college, I would have had a couple cheese cubes, maybe like two or three baby bells, maybe a mozzarella, you know, the string cheese, a little bit of pita, because you can serve pita warm or room temp. That's fine. And, you know, a couple olives, maybe those, you know, you could have gone to Costco with a couple sorority sisters, split the damn little guacs to go or hummus to go. You're sitting outside at the bar waiting for your Uber. Everybody else is in line for the shitty pizza. You've got a meze tray. You're telling me that doesn't sound like a good time? Sounds like a great time to me. I love that. Maybe we should, maybe that's a business idea. Like just making little charcuterie to goes for people who are going to the club. You'd have to pack it tight though. You know, everybody's got these tiny little micro purses now. You know, back in my day, I basically took an entire fucking suitcase to the bar. I had such bad scoliosis on the right side from the heavy fucking coach bag that I carried around in college. Actually, it was never coach. I had a Mark Jacobs, let's be real. You know what I mean? But we didn't go micro bags. Now everything's micro mini. No, I looked like I was traveling on the Oregon Trail every time I went out to shake my tits at a bar. And then when you were on the dance floor, you'd have to hand your heavy fucking Mark Jacobs bag. This is like 2008. You have to hand your bag to somebody while you're grinding on some kid named Kevin. And that's how we rolled. That's That was, you know, it was a sisterhood of the traveling pants. It was a sisterhood of the traveling Mark Jacobs duffel, basically. I mean, the bags were heavy. But when I would go to bars in college, I, I would sneak in a fifth of vodka, crystal light packets. It, listen, you weren't in your 30s if you didn't at some point in college take a bottle of vanilla Burnett's vodka in the plastic bottle, mix that with some pink lemonade, freaking crystal light whip that shit up and everybody would order like one sprite at the bar and then you would just you know you turn around and because your purse was so fucking big you could literally you were you were a mixologist in the mark jacobs bag easy i could have been selling hot dogs out of that fucking purse it was so big you know what you know what it was like 
this giant L.L. Bean boat and tote. This was the size of my purse every time I went out to a nightclub in college. The bar, tailgating, this was it. You know, nowadays when you go to college games, you have to have like a clear purse and it can only be the size of a, a four by six card. Now when you go to football games, you have to have either a clear purse or it's got to be the size of a tic-tac box. When I was in college and you went to a football game, you could bring a camel back full of bourbon. You could bring a six-piece luggage set and just say, oh, that's my purse. And they wouldn't th think twice. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. You girlies now are not playing it right. I'm glad that you had a great day. I'm glad that you had a great night. I'm glad that you're thriving. I'm glad you found your mother, which is me. I'm glad that we're about to re rekindle and reconnect. Hopefully you're not too good looking though because I don't want to introduce you to Jeff and be like, this is my daughter that I had at 16. And then he's like, she's pretty hot. And I'm like, don't be a pervert. I don't want you to break up my marriage. So I'm very hesitant about bringing you to the house. But I just want you to know, it's good to hear that you're thriving. It's good to hear that, you know, the mistake I made in high school is doing well. You know, because I do know that my genetics are not going to get anybody too far. That's why I've been heavily looking into adoption. But, you know, I just think that the girlies nowadays are not playing it right. You clearly are. You wrapped up that pita to go. You, you said you brought a guy back. You made out. Kept it safe. Kept it PG-13. A makeout, solid. Once genitals start going towards mouths, it gets dangerous. So you kept it solid. I miss a good makeout. Just a solid makeout session at a bar after I just wolfed down my own concoction of crystal light and vodka. I mean, my purse was so big in college. I could have a 12-pack of hot dogs. I could actually have the machine that roasts the hot dogs, that keeps the hot dogs rolling in my purse. Full king-size version of French's mustard. A blender to make fucking pina coladas. Six digital cameras that used to hang off my wrist. 12 fake IDs. And, um... I could mix you a drink, feed you a hot dog, and do a photo shoot. Easy. Now everyone, the tiny fucking purses, purses this big, size of a pen. No, 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 this girl's smart. My daughter, my daughter, she did I say I was her birth mother. My daughter, smart. And that's, that's how I know you actually are, you know, a part of me. We are one. Because I, too, was the kind of bitch who would absolutely take a, a dinner roll. <laughs> A yeast, a dinner yeast roll with a slab of butter. And if you were smart, you'd cut the dinner roll open, take the, you know, that, that butter, that shitty butter that they serve at a chain restaurant that it's not room temp. Put that in the middle. By the time you're done grinding on the dance floor, it's toasted. That butter is melted. You get yourself a nice little carb treat to absorb all the alcohol. I just think kids nowadays don't, you're never going to appreciate what we went through from 2005 to 2009 in college. You're just never going to appreciate it. You never had to go to a nightclub and carry a full fucking satchel because we didn't have mini bags. That was not a thing. You know, you basically carried an L.L. Bean book bag to the bar and that was chic and that's what you did. It was Marc Jacobs, but the bags were big. The give a fucks were little and the bags were bigger. But I love that. I love hearing that joy in your voice. You're like, I'm doing it right. I've got Pete in my purse. I'm making out with dudes. I'm about to graduate and be rekindled with my mother, which is me. And that's a beautiful thing. Thanks for calling. And hey, 
Go Buckeyes. Heather, what's up? What's up, girly? I have an absolutely yes and an absolutely no. This is Olivia from, I don't want to say where I am, but you can take a little guess. Whatever. Doesn't matter to me. I never, like, I've been listening to your podcast since inception. Never heard if you had a grandmother or not. But I feel like this is a, I don't know, maybe like a therapy session for you. Um, Do you want my grandmother? Her name is Nonna. She's from Italy. And she's for sale. No, I'm kidding. Um, my nonna, I listen to your podcast and it's the only shit that makes her laugh. Like she's always like, yeah, I mean, I've been saying that we only have three good years left. Like this girl's copying me. Is she Irish? And then I kind of have to go on like defense for you. Um, so like if you're willing to come to my house and basically have a little nonna, um, you know, for all of your needs, hit me up. Um, would love to collab. Obviously this is an unpaid position. Um, as a granddaughter, but just wanted to know if you had a grandmother or a nonna or a nana or I don't know what are they calling them these days? Like mom and what's the popular one? I forget. I don't know. This culture, this world is so whack. <laughs> this just tickled me, Bank. First of all, Olivia, thank you for you know waking up one morning and just being concerned that I didn't have proper representation you know, in the grandparent department. And it's true. None of my grandparents are still alive. You know, lost them young. And that's why I tell everybody, when people call in and they go, I'm distraught, my grandparent died. I just, I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, and they're like, but I was close. I was also close to my dad. I was close to my dad. And he's dead. You know what I mean? So tread lightly. Tread lightly. And that's no disrespect to our elders. I love the elders. But I lost my grandparents young. Olivia, first of all, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for sharing your grandmother. Also, I love that your grandma has beef with me. A, because I'm Irish. She's obviously Italian. Nona, if you're listening, I too am Italian. Come from the Frassica side of my family, which is my mom's side. Obviously, Heather Kyle McMahon is about the most Scots-Irish name one could find in the dictionary. That's on my dad's side. Well, my mom also has Irish on her side. Anyways, bitch, I'm Italian. Okay, family's from Sicily. So pump the brakes. Nona, if you want to fight too, I'll meet you in the street. Okay, I know you're scrappy. I don't want that to be my TMZ headline. Heather McMahon fights Nona because she thinks I'm stealing her catchphrases. Nona, I didn't know that you also said you think we got three good years left on this earth. I didn't know. But I'll meet you in the street and we can beef. Now, I think we'd be better off making a little, you know, pasta, having a little table wine, relaxing. But I like that Nona's still got spunk at her age. And I I respect that. Olivia, I love that you're willing to share your Nona with me. My grandparents are, I, I ain't got none around. I ain't got none around. And if you're wondering what we call grandparents in the South, it's Mimi and Papa. <laughs> if you didn't have a Mimi and Papa, and I've said this before on the podcast, but if you didn't have a Mimi, Mimi you weren't thriving. My Mimi was so mean. She had, her, she had her own issues, but my Mimi was mean. She didn't like me, favored my sister. Mimi was mean. She took me to a get glamour shots one year. And well, she took my sister to get glamour shots for Father's Day. And my sister ended up getting the glamour shots. And I asked Mimi, Mimi, can I get the glamour shots? And she said, not until you, not until you grow out of your awkward phase. And so I went home and I told my mom this. And my mom's like, what a bitch. And then she took me to glamour shots at the mall to get, you know, photos taken and then we didn't purchase any of the photos that were taken I don't know why 
but my mom tried to rectify the situation and still didn't follow through with purchasing any of my glamour shots. So my house right now is filled with my sister's photos. Are there any childhood memories of mine? No. And you know why that's triggering for me? Because I remember how ugly my Mimi used to tell me I was. She, Mimi was mean, dude. I'll never forget I caught Mimi crying in the kitchen once. I think I've done a whole episode on this, but I caught Mimi crying in the kitchen once. <laughs> and I heard, oh my God, this is so traumatizing. My cousins, I told you my pretty cousins were in town. My pretty cousins were in town from Texas, all on my dad's side. And my me and I came over to play with my cousins and my Mimi was crying in the kitchen. And I come up to the, like, I ran up the basement stairs to like get water because I was a fat, thirsty kid. And I stopped at like halfway up and I heard my Mimi crying to herself going, I wish she would just go home. And she was talking about me. And if you don't think, that that is 100% the reason why I do stand-up comedy now. God, I haven't even done bits on my my mean Mimi. You know, Mimi was nice towards the end. I think she saw the light of the Lord and he said, you're not getting into the gates of heaven until you're nice to this chunky fucking kid. So she was nice to me about two weeks before she died, but he had a mean Mimi. And then my mom's mom was out to fucking lunch. MIT, Mensa level smart, but tink tinking. That's where I get the phrase tink tink. Because if you meet somebody and they're so tink tink, it's like their eyelashes are just clinking together and you can actually hear the sound of the eyelashes clinking together because there's nothing behind. You know what I mean? I peed my pants once and my, my, my Grammy, Grammy was mom's mom, Mimi was dad's mom. But I peed my pants one in the back of her Buick because she got lost. She lived in Sausalito, got lost driving home. I was like six. And I was like, Grammy, I got to pee. And she's just going tink tink, tink tink off the highway and I soiled the Buick. You know, I wasn't proud of it, but I told her I had to go. We had been at the San Francisco Aquarium all freaking day. And then I remember she took me down to the G- Giadelli Chocolate Factory and we hit like an FAO Schwartz in Union Square in San Fran and I peed myself in the back of Grammy's Buick. Olivia, I really don't think that you meant to bring up all this triggering information about my busted grandparents <laughs> on my birthday episode, but you did. I'll move through it. But yeah, Grammy was, went to MIT, wouldn't have known it in a, would not have known that in a one-on-one conversation with a gal. Wouldn't have, you know? And it checks out because my mom's been so level smart, but someday she gets lost on her way to TJ Maxx. And that is what it is. You know, but I love that you're willing to share your Nona. I'll rent her for a little bit. You know, whatever the price is. I feel like Nona and I could kick it. We'll either beef hard or we'll be best friends. Maybe I could just come over, you know, come over for, a coffee, a cannoli. We can just shoot the shit. She can tell me all the things I've ripped off from her. I love it. I love that Nona already came in hot. All Italian grandmothers do. I will, I will say one thing. Both of my grandmothers, really great breasts. And I don't mean to sound perverted, but they had great racks, very perky breasts, even towards the end of their life. I, you know, I've got long titties right now. So I genetically, I feel like I should have continued to have perky breasts. I do not. Very long titties. Just they're long. I don't know what's happened. But I wonder if your Nona has, you know, a nice rack, I will absolutely come over because I'd like to keep that going. You know, if I think about the one good quality in both of my grandparents, it was great tits for 65. You know what I mean? And that's a blessing. That's a glass half full moment. You know, did my Mimi take my sister to Neiman Marcus at Phipps Plaza Mall every Thursday. Sure did. They got they would go get their hair done, get a blowout and a new outfit. 
I was lucky if I got a penny loafer once a month. My Mimi would brush my hair, but Ashley got the blowout at the salon. I did it. Guys, it is so mean when I really think about it. And when we went through my Mimi's will, everything, of course, was left to my sister, which good for her. Like, it's fine. Let let her have let her have that. I was like, Ashley, no hate, no shade. Like, are you upset about it? I go, it is what it is. I have worked through my relationship with my Mimi and I'm I've moved on. You know, I think that she saw greatness in me and maybe it was a moment that she felt like she missed out on her own full potential. You know, maybe I was a constant reminder that she could have been a star. I don't know. Maybe she wanted to be a song and dance gal, but because she came from a farm in Arkansas with 11 siblings, she had to take care of the, you know, take care of the fam. I'm just trying to empathize right now. Maybe, you know, when I would go over to Mimi's house on a summer night, and I would be tap dancing in her carport, that was triggering. Maybe she wanted to be on the Broadway. And I'd tell Mimi, Mimi, come out here, watch my tap dancing. And she would literally sit on the edge of her couch and read romance novels and then turn on the news. She loved Bill Clinton and would scream because she hated Newt Gingrich. I don't know. She would just be screaming about Newt Gingrich and then usually say something that I wasn't going to, she, I never forget. I tried to do a tap routine for her once. And she was like, we don't want to watch. Like that's how brutal she was. And I remember saying, all right, but you know what? I'm going to keep tap dancing in the summer heat, that sweet Georgia summer heat out here in the carport. And I would dance like no one was watching. And you know what? No one was watching. Absolutely. No one was in my family was watching. They were all inside watching Jeopardy or, you know, getting in some sort of argument. But I was out there and I just kept tap, tap, tapping. So, you know, I maybe had to, uh, Mimi maybe actually set me up for success because I was handling such high level rejection at an early age and just brutal honesty. You're not a good tapper. You're not a, you're not a cute kid. That's why I do well now. I can handle it. There's nothing you can say to me to my face that my own Mimi never didn't say. She was a refined Southern woman, jet black hair, perky titties. And did not have a heart for the Lord until the last days. And then she was very kind to me. But something woke her up in the middle of the night on a, you know, a, a morning in May and softened her heart. And we had, we had one week together before she died. And still think she haunts me, though. There are days, there are days when I like trip over a, a sidewalk and I go, Mimi, she's just reminding me, I got two left feet, you know. But I think everybody needs one kind of mean grandparent. You know, your parents can't be mean. You need to soft, soften the landing there, but everybody needs one really good grandparent and one just mean one, just to shock your system. And my, my papa, her husband, was the best on the planet. And when I would get in trouble, we had our own phone line in the house, and I would call my papa and be like, Mom and Dad put me in timeout, and Papa would show up in his Lincoln Town car. And he'd have cheese and crackers and an, a bottled Coca-Cola. And he lived 10 minutes down the road and he would come pick me up and take me to Toys R Us. And he took me to get the baby doll that you could get a suntan with. And I called him on my own line and I said, Papa, mom and dad put me in timeout because I'm being annoying because they said I keep tap dancing and scuffing up the damn hardwood floors. They put me in timeout in my room. Will you come get me? And he'd say, yeah, I will. We're going to fucking Toys R Us. And I got a baby doll that would get a suntan. Fucking weird. Listen, the 80s and 90s were weird. We were all just trying to survive. But anyways, you know, you need one good grandparent, but you need one Nona that just sets you fucking straight, that says, you're never going to make it. You're a loser. Good luck to you. And then you prove them wrong. It's a beautiful thing. But yes, I'd love to hang out with your Nona. 
This episode ended up being a little bit more emotionally triggering than I expected, but you know what? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and I'm turning 36. You know what I mean? So look at me now, Mimi. Hey, Heather. It's your girl, Sarah from Maine. Um, Sorry if my voice is scratchy. It's 645 in the fucking morning because fuck daylight savings time. But absolutely yes to you coming to Maine and thriving in Maine and loving New England, and you look so goddamn good in that L.L. Bean vest, and I love that you got the uh, monogrammed boat and tote bag, and, you know, I've always said I could just literally see you in a chair, on a deck, on a house, somewhere maybe on the coast next to the bushes, or, you know, just with crashing waves in front of you, living your best freaking life and just loving it and just drowning in lobster rolls. And um, we just love you so much up here. And I'm so glad you had the best time. Come back anytime and I'll be your personal tour guide and we'll show you all the best food and drink and hangout spots. And also you pointed out a great fact, absolutely yes, to all of the hot zaddies that live up here ladies if you're single listen to this podcast i'm telling you if you want a cool down to earth nice guy who's going to take care of you can like change a tire and like brew you some beer or some kombucha or roast his own coffee and can like split firewood but also has like a pretty legit job come to maine specifically portland maine um some of the other parts of maine have heroin problems so stick to portland but anyway, love you, Heather. Absolutely yes to you in Maine and thriving. And we hope to see you again soon. Love you. Fuck yeah. Um, again, this reiterates the fact that I really thrived in Maine this weekend. And if you're a single lady, you got to get up to Maine. You know, if I was going to write a country song, it'd say dick down in Maine. You know, getting that dong and that lobster in Maine. Because it's a great spot. Now, I did have a couple girlies at the show tell me that guys don't like to commit. They said they'll, it, they'll whittle you something out of wood. You know, they'll whittle you a sculpture of your face out of wood before they'll ever commit. So I think a lot of those lobster zaddies up in Maine are not looking for a commitment. And you got to understand, too, if they're if they're seasonal guys, right, they're out there catching fish. They got odd hours. You know what I mean? They're up at the ass crack of dawn. They can't commit. They're not family guys. They can't commit. It's selfish. Being a fisherman is a selfish thing, even though you're bringing something back like a bountiful harvest for the community. Where tourists like myself to have a lobster roll, it's, you know, it's a, it's a wild life. It's like living on the edge. They're bad boys. Fishermen are bad boys. You know, they all smoke cigarettes. They got to do cocaine to stay up and catch the, catch the crop. So it's a lot. It's, dang, it's dangerous. So I get it. You know, if you live in Arizona, you might consider a bad boy somebody who's in the UFC. But if you're up in Maine, that bad boy lifestyle is that lobster fisherman. And while Maine is very quaint, I get it. I mean, those are bad boys, but they're not going to commit. So if you want to get your heart broken, go up to Maine. But if you always want to get dicked down by a, a lobster zaddy, that's where I would go. And you're right. They'll roast you some coffee. They will make you feel guilty that you didn't bring a reusable cup. You know what I mean? But they won't think twice coming on your tits. So I don't know. Figure that one out. <sighs> Unbelievable. But um, I'm very here for the main life. And I didn't know about Kinnabunkport. If you don't know about Kinnabunkport, it's where the bushes have a compound. 
You know what I mean? There's the, the, the town next door, Kenny Bunk, and then there's Kenny Bunk Port. Apparently, Kenny Bunk Port is a little bit fancier. I want to be with the port. I want the extra, the extra letters. I could see myself in the summer when it's hotter than a witch's tit in Georgia. I'm up there, cool breeze, lobster roll. I've got on a madras pair of shorts, little argyle sweater around the shoulders. I'm drinking white wine. Did you know Kendall Jackson Chardonnay? Yeah, Maine's favorite wine. That's what it says on the side of every building. Maine's favorite wine. You know who else's favorite wine? You girls. Buttery. Drinking a buttery shard. You don't even need drawn butter for the lobster roll. Dunk a roll in some Kenny Bunkport, Kendall Jackson shard. You're Gucci. It's delicious. You know, going up there, eventually investing in a hedge fund and then finding out a year or two later that I've been swindled and it was actually a, a Ponzi scheme. That's the kind of summer I'm looking for. That's what I'm chasing. You know, I told you I'm turning 36. I only got a couple years left before I hit the big 4-0 and before I'm absolutely without a doubt, you know, I have to be with child, whether I have it myself, whether I adopt, whatever. I'm in these last two golden years if I can crank out and go paragliding. Get a house in Maine. It's too rocky. The beaches are too rocky to have an infant. A 15-year-old, sure. But even then, you got to hope that they understand the rules of high tide. So it's going to be a while till I can really sow my wild oats in New England and not worry about the kid getting loose by the lighthouse. Oh, that's another thing. Lighthouses everywhere. Love a lighthouse. If I lived up there, you know what? Even whether or not I live next to the lighthouse or not, I'd be like, okay, you want to know how to find me? Take a left at the lighthouse. That's what I would just tell people. Oh, yeah, I live down by the lighthouse. I'd love, I'd love a compound near the lighthouse. That seems like simpler times. Also, if shit does go to hell in a handbasket with the world, you know where you're probably safe? Yeah, Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Okay? I'd like a bunker in Kenny Bunkport. Sounds fucking great to me. I'd like to be around the other waspy people who also got swindled into some sort of Ponzi scheme. We won't care. The earth is burning. You know, we won't care that, you know, that children's hospital that we thought we built didn't, it wasn't actually going to happen because some, some financial advisor stole all of our money. We won't care. We're in Kitty Bunkport drinking Kittle Jackson Chardonnay, eating lobster. <laughs> you know what I mean? The world will be burning. And we'll just be sailing. And we'll be sailing and we'll be live, laugh, loving. Also, side note, this is really scandalous. Did have a wild hair up my ass while I was there. So my mom was married and before my dad, years before, years before. She got married at like 18. I found my mom's ex-husband. I found him on online because I thought my mom had mentioned like briefly that he had moved to Maine. Found where he was found his address. He's still alive and got very high the night after the show and was like, I'm going to prank phone call him. He was like 30 miles away from Portland, Maine. I was like, I'm going to prank phone call him. And I've come up with the greatest, I have literally come up with the absolute greatest thing you can ever do to somebody. You call an ex, you know, it's got to be at least a year or two removed where you have had no communication. You call an ex, you pretend you're from Swanson, Swanson and Swanson attorneys at law. And you say, hi, I'm making up a name. Hey, is this Mark Smith? 
Mark, I, I'm from Swanson, Swanson, and Swanson Attorneys, and I need to ask you a couple questions. We actually have somebody who used to be related to you who left a fair amount of money in a will for you. And we're just going through the estate currently and wanted to go over a couple questions just to see and make sure we've called the right person. Their ears are going to perk up. Mark Smith, were you ever married to a Robin McMahon? You know what I mean? And he would say, again, this is a made up name. Yes, I was. Well, she unfortunately was in a horrible boating accident off the coast of Boston, but she did leave her her speedboat, the Rock and Robin. It's beautiful, beautiful speedboat. Left it to you. Sir, do you, are you able to boat? Are you able to manhandle a boat? Do you have a, a boating license? You know what I mean? And then you'd ask him all these questions. Make the ex think that they're coming into money, a speedboat, a fucking Ferrari. That is the meanest fucking way you can get back at an ex. Call him. Think about it. Think about a guy you dated in college. Call him and say, hey, yes, I'm calling from Swanson, Smithson, and Patterson, attorneys at law. Listen, did you date an, an Alexa in college? And immediately their asshole's going to clinch like she's coming with charges. And you're like, actually, I don't know if you know, but she has recently passed away. And you were one of the people named in her estate. And your, your ex is going to be like, I didn't know she had an estate. Bitch couldn't even afford Taco Bell. And then you're like, well, she actually left you a couple things. What you didn't know is she was in the special forces. She was a CIA operative. And then their asshole will triple clinch. Say she left you a speedboat, you know, named the Alexa. And she left you $200,000 in cash. And then just, just that, you know, your, your ex for a second is going to think they're getting punked because they are. It's not real. And then they're going to be like, I knew that bitch could. I knew once she got out of my grip, she'd flourish. And then they'd feel like, you know, the reason she joined the CIA and had a speedboat named The Rock and Robin is because of me. And then you build them back up. And then you get all their personal information. You know, in order for us to wire this money over, I'm going to need your bank information and your routing. And then once you get all that information and make them think that they're about to get a fuck ton of money from an ex, then you go in and you wipe them clean, a la Silicon Valley Bank. I don't know if that's what happened. I think they just didn't have any funds. But regardless, I'm just saying, be the you today you want to be tomorrow. Living well is the best revenge. Find your ex, let them think they've inherited a speedboat, and then steal all their coin. Allegedly. At Swanson, Swanson, and Swanson, we allegedly give you no advice. But I was this close to pranking my mom's ex. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I call Robin and she's like, don't do it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. What if he's got daughters that came to your show? So I'm trying to figure out if this guy has kids. And if they're my fans, I can't tell you his name because then I'm really going to stir the pot. But if anybody out there thinks that their father may have been married to my mom for a hot second, let me know. I'm still pranking your dad on a hot Tuesday in July when I've had a little bit of Kendall Jackson Chardonnay in my in my compound of Kenny Bunk. I'm calling my mom's ex. Oh God. Yeah, you call, you want to get back at somebody, make them think that they've gotten some money in their will. You can almost like feel the sigh of relief, like, man, didn't know how I was gonna pay my bills this month, but that old broad left me some coin. And then you go in and rip them. Rip them. Anyways, Maine, you were good to me. Vermont, I felt the love in the flannel. It's been a great week. I feel blessed to be 36. I feel blessed to be moving in the right direction. And listen, spring's upon us. The pollen's trying to kill us, but we're moving in the right direction. It's a beautiful thing. I will see you guys this weekend in Denver. We have two shows at the Paramount Theater. Have some tickets left. Get your tickets at heatherontour.com. In the meantime, between time, I love you. I mean it. At our everyday chief, Chabella. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.